710 ESPN. This is Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Here's the beauty with LeBron right now. We still got a couple more years to kind of figure out how the dust settles with LeBron James and the Lakers. Nobody covers the Lakers better than Alan Sliwa on Lakers Talk. Not to say anything is going to get any easier by the time we get into next season, because it's not. You got a lot of teams that are going to have a chip on their shoulder, so it's not getting any easier next season to win a championship. Your city, your station, your Lakers. Now, from the home of the 17-time world champs in downtown L.A., it's time for Lakers Talk. Here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We will go till 9 p.m. tonight. We've got a, kind of a stacked show. Jovan Buha, who is a Lakers reporter for The Athletic, is covering this game between the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns, and he's in Phoenix. Halftime, he'll get us kind of caught up in that game. See what's going on in the Western Conference Finals. Trevor Lane will come on in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, you know what is uh, kind of crazy here to me? So here we are. You guys know, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this show, whether it's live or on the ESPN app, iTunes, a lot of NBA fans that are part of the show as well. And what's crazy to me is <laughs> just think about how much chatter between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers over the last two years, and still these franchises have never played each other in the playoffs. I'm watching, um, you know, obviously prepping for this show. I'm watching the game, and I'll keep you guys posted. There's actually... You know, for L.A. locally, you got this Clippers game going on against the Phoenix Suns. Dodgers are playing the Giants. I'll keep keep kind of score some of the active games that are going on. It's 52-47, to 47, Clippers with a five-point lead. And about four minutes left to go here in the uh, second quarter. But I, I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's when you find yourself, I'm engaged in this series. I'm watching this series. And you guys know, you know, I'm as big of a Laker fan as they come. But the NBA ropes me in. I'm still I'm watching Bucks and Atlanta. I don't know how many Laker fans are doing that, but that's obviously somebody that's a fan of the NBA. But every time, you know, here we are, we got interest in the Clippers. The interest of the Clippers is maybe there's going to be more casual fans that are not as concerned whether the Clippers win or they're not. But there's also a lot of Laker fans that are watching to see all of a sudden Chris Paul, who we hated uh, when he was with the Clip- when the when he was with the Clippers, and obviously there's reasons for that. You thought Chris Paul was going to be a Laker, and then there's a, a stretch going on where the Clippers are dominating the Lakers. Lakers um, go through that that playoff drought of not making the playoffs. It was a seven years in a row, something along those lines. So you have some storylines here, and I'm watching this game between the Suns and the uh, Clippers continuing again as I joke around with Travis and. You know, I, I mess around that I'm buying a Dan Marley jersey and nobody's a bigger fan than the Phoenix Suns. Just kind of sits back and dons on me. I'm like, how is it possible to have so many storylines between two franchises over the last few years, especially when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George decide to go to the, uh, the Clippers and, you know, obviously Anthony Davis and LeBron James here. How many storylines do we have? How bad do we want to see another team lose? And the two franchises still haven't faced each other in the playoffs. <laughs> How's that possible? You know, you would think, and this is not like, you know, in the NFL, all right, it's an NFC team and an AFC team. In Major League Baseball, it's Angels, Dodgers, it's ALNL. No, no. We're talking literally about two teams in the same division, let alone the Western Conference, and both of these squads have not faced each other. And the only reason why I bring that up is as we kind of, you know, look to the future for the Lakers, and, and trust me, there's uh, – 
the show is jam-packed. You know, I, I thought that story about Damian Lillard, I think that's going to be an interesting conversation, even though I think there's not going to be much there for the Lakers. We'll talk about how, how big the Lakers' window is. We'll get into Kyle Kuzma. I didn't get a chance to do that last week. But when I look at the Lakers and the Clippers, the game, or at least the series, the two teams that have been hyped up the most over the last couple of years, this to me is the biggest disappointment over the last two years in the NBA is that the Lakers and the Clippers have not faced each other have not faced each other in the uh, in the playoffs. And you know, if you want to start pointing fingers, you could say, well, you know, Lakers did their part last year. They got to the Western Conference Finals. They were up 3 games to 1 against the Den- uh, against the Denver Nuggets and they blew that 3-1 lead to where those two teams didn't have to uh, face each other. And then this season, this season's a lot different. I mean, this season I don't even really know how to describe this season for anybody. The best team's not going to win the NBA Finals. That's not going to happen. The final four teams that are left, even the Clippers, who you would have said coming into the season, is one of the title contenders. Milwaukee, you were saying, well, they got to prove something. Nobody's talking about the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Hawks. The team that ends up winning the championship this year doesn't necessarily have to be the best team left or is not the best team in the NBA they might be the best team left, but that's because of a lot of different reasons. And it is what it is. Nobody's here to say, you know, nobody is asking for the Phoenix Suns to say sorry that Anthony Davis got hurt or my apologies that Jamal Murray wasn't a part of the series or that Kawhi Leonard has not been able to be a part of the Western Conference Finals. This is part of sports, so you give credit wherever it's due, however that team gets there. Um but the best matchup over the last two years, the hype. I mean, if you guys remember, what was the first matchup, the first game to start off the regular season this year was Lakers and the Clippers. There's a reason why the NBA did that. Um, there's a reason why – actually, wait a second here. They do Lakers-Clippers. That's right. And then Mavs It was on Christmas. 22nd was the start of the season. And then Lakers and the Mavs were on uh, on Christmas Day. But the reason why they did that is because they also bought into it. Everybody's been selling the Lakers and the Clippers. And for two years in a row, unfortunately this year, the Lakers went down with an injury, as so many other teams did, including the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers haven't been with Kawhi, haven't had Kawhi Leonard on that team since after game four against the Utah Jazz in the second round. So the mere fact that the Clippers are still hanging around and they're doing what they're doing, hey, hats off. I got no problem giving credit to the Los Angeles Clippers uh, because of what they've accomplished since Kawhi Leonard went down. I was very critical on them, very hard on them before Kawhi's injury, but when you lose your best player and you're still able to move on and around in the playoffs, that's impressive. You know what I hope for next year? First of all, I need uh, the Phoenix Suns to take care of business here in this round against the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, 54-49, about a minute and a half left in the uh, in the first half. But what I'm hoping for next season is as teams get a regular, more regular offseason, specifically for the Lakers, right? We know that it was 71, 72 games, whatever it was, in between the championship and the bubble to starting this season, their championship, uh, the defense of their championship, trying to go back-to-back. My hope is next season, and I know we got a long way to go, but the hype's not going to go anywhere. The hype is still going to be there for the Lakers. The hype is still going to be there for the Clippers. Of course, Kawhi Leonard has to re-sign with the Clippers. That's going to be a big piece of it. Um, but my hope is that these two teams actually cross paths. It makes it almost, in a sense, makes no sense to me that you have two franchises, especially from a Laker fan perspective, where we really don't like the Clippers. We really would like to see the Clippers lose and not have 
you know, a tremendous amount of success or win an NBA championship or something along those lines. And the two teams still have not faced each other in the playoffs. So that obviously doesn't happen uh, too often. So, you know, between all these matchups, and I know a lot of people will sit back and say, I remember doing so many of these pregame shows with Michael Thompson, and Michael would say, Lakers-Brooklyn would arguably be the best NBA Finals because of all the stars, all the hype, the two markets, all that stuff. And, and I don't argue that. I mean, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, I mean, unbelievable storylines if that was going to be the case. But I'll tell you what would do pretty damn well. Uh, the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals would do pretty damn amazing as well. That has not been the case. And all these storylines, and we still not have seen these two franchises uh, face off against each other. Um I want to kind of start off the show with this. So from a Laker perspective, from a Laker fan perspective, and we'll we'll get into uh, all the other things that, you know, are going to be just specific Laker-centric, but part of the reason, because we're in the middle of the Western Conference Finals, there's a game going on right now, I am going to definitely have some ties to what the Clippers are doing, what the Lakers are doing. I, I have a curiosity here if Laker fans are giving the Clippers credit for what they've done this postseason so far getting to the Western Conference Finals and doing it without Kawhi Leonard. So um, I, I will I will say this. I thought the moment, and you know, you guys know I do that show with Travis now in the morning, 8.55 in the morning, Monday through Friday, we go till 11 a.m. Um, I've said this to Travis. The moment Kawhi got his injury, I'm like, the Clippers are done. I mean, why are we even doing this? It's going to be Utah, the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, you basically just got to go through the process, but the Clippers are not getting to the Western Conference Finals. So here they are now, sitting in the Western Conference Finals. Um, this series, by the way, should not be 3-1 Phoenix. Probably should be closer to 2-2. There's been some critical plays towards the end, and this is with the Clippers obviously doing this without Kawhi Leonard. Granted, I know Chris Paul missed the first two games as well. Um, I-, I give the Clippers some credit. I really do. I think I could sit here as a Laker fan and be honest, still want them to lose. They're up 59-52 at the half against the Phoenix Suns. Um, I'd like to see them be eliminated tonight, and then the Clippers season is over, and then both teams can be in the offseason. But I'll give them credit. No question about it as a Laker fan, I'll give them credit. I I did not think they were going to get this far. They got an interesting crew, you know, kind of a tough, gritty team. Um, they make mistakes, no question about it. Paul George, which I'll talk about in my top NBA stories, how I've learned from him that he is not a closer. That dude does not want the ball in clutch time. But the team has found a way to make themselves relevant without their best player. Uh, and they're doing it against the Phoenix Suns. So take the Lakers as an example. Once Anthony Davis was out, that's it. The series was over. Clippers are still kind of finding a way to keep their head above water, up seven at halftime in Phoenix I find that impressive. So if you're a Laker fan out there, I just had a curiosity. Are you giving the Clippers credit for what they've done so far uh, this postseason? You could weigh in on that, 877-710-ESPN. Um, what I want to do uh, coming up, Jovan Buha, who uh, covers the typically covers the Lakers but is in Phoenix covering the um, Clippers-Phoenix Suns game, Uh, We're going to shoot him a call. We'll have him come on, kind of talk a little bit about this first half, and then we'll continue our Laker conversation. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, whether it's a topic that I just hit on or you got some other questions about the Lakers, you want to hit on any Laker topic, you know you could do it right here, 877-710-ESPN. I want to give a quick shout-out here. Um, The 4th of July is almost here. Before hitting the highways for the long holiday weekend, 
head into your neighborhood Valvoline instant oil change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change, and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. I'm going to throw out the website here real quick. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. When we come back, Jovan Buha of The Athletic will break down part of that game, the first half of the Western Conference Finals between the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. He's in Phoenix. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers Talk. Uh, Western Conference Finals, 59-52. Clippers in uh, game five here on top of the Suns by seven. Devin Booker hits a three right before halftime. And then I'll keep you guys posted to Giants-Dodgers. Big game for the Dodgers, uh, top of the first. So things just getting started over there. Um, Steve, are, are we good on Jovan? All right, let me uh, let me welcome in Jovan Buha from the Athletic, who's in Phoenix covering this Clippers Suns game. Jovan, appreciate you taking some time and joining the show. I'll, I'll just ask you, kind of give me your your first half. You you surprised the chance for the Suns to get to the NBA Finals if they win tonight in Phoenix? Clippers with a seven point lead. You surprised by the first half? Uh, not, not really. You know, so, sorry for the, the background noise. There's an Alice Cooper concert going on at halftime, but um, not really. I mean, the, the Clippers to me look like a, a desperate team down 3-1. They, they jumped on the Suns from the jump, uh, you know, had started out with a seven-point lead uh, and then, you know, had various double-digit leads throughout the first half. So, I mean, they, they to me are playing like a team with their season on the line, which it is. And, I, you know, what, what I've been most surprised by in that first half is, the Clippers' small ball lineups through the first four games had actually not really worked uh, against DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. It had actually been when Avita Zubac was on the floor uh, that, that the Clippers were winning those minutes. So with Zubac out tonight, uh, I was a little concerned from the Clippers' side of just, you know, is this even going to be a close game with, with, with the way that their small ball units have, have fared against the Suns? But so far, it's working in the first half. They went to some film there. Uh, I thought DeMarcus Cousins gave them a, a nice boost with 10 points off the bench. Of course, Marcus Morris had 20 points and uh, had outscored the Suns through the first seven minutes. So uh, if you're the Clippers, you got to be feeling good. But I also think Phoenix has left some points on the board so far. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Zubats not being there. Eight and only six points and four rebounds. So that's one of those... Uh, I guess you could say a little bit of a head-scratcher. Um, I was just saying this, uh, Jovan, we, we were talking about kind of the Clippers as a whole, and, you know, unfortunately the matchup that's been hyped over the last two years has been Lakers and the Clippers, and two years in a row for whatever reasons. Last year it was the Clippers that didn't come through. This year the injury hurt the Lakers, but then the injury also hurt the Clippers without Kawhi. Um, are, are you surprised – here we are, Western Conference Finals, since Kawhi was out in Game 5. Didn't go in Game 5 against the Utah Jazz. You surprised Clippers here, still in the mix? I, I know they're down three games to one, but even two of those games that they lost, they in some case you could make the argument they should have won. At, at worst, they should be 2-2. Two, two. I'm very surprised, you know, to, to be honest. This team has shown a, a level of resiliency that I don't think any of us 
expected from them. You know, I, I think most people wrote them off after that 2-0 deficit against Dallas. They, they started trailing that first quarter by 19 points, came back to win that game, won that series in seven. Uh, then we're down 2-0 again against Utah and, and won the last four games, including uh, the last two without Kawhi. And that game six, uh, I was in that building. They came back from 25 points down hmm. without their best player and won that. So you, you got to give the Clippers credit. They, they could easily you know, have this series 2-2 or, or 3-1 if they made their free throws down the stretch of uh, game two and four. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's been very surprising because, it, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, especially in this series, uh, I think I, I, I'm not surprised by the 3-1 outcome so far, but I am surprised at how close it's been. And, you know, Phoenix being relatively healthy, I, I know – Chris Paul was in the health and safety protocols and Devin Booker has a broken nose, but those guys are are all things considered healthy. And for the Clippers, without Kawhi, without Serge Ibaka, uh, with some guys banged up to to be pushing them, you know, and potentially winning this game to extend it to six, like you got to tip your hat and give them some Hmm. credit. Jovan Buha, who uh, covers the Lakers for the Athletic, is covering this Clippers-Suns Western Conference uh, matchup, and he's in Phoenix right now, halftime. Clippers up 59-52 on the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, Jovan, more importantly, you know, here I am. I've invested in a Dan Marley jersey recently. You know, Phoenix at this point is my second favorite team in the NBA, and maybe that changes from series to series but currently since they're playing the Clippers. Can you help me understand how the Suns come back in this game and, and wrap this thing up? I, I think it starts with the defense. Uh, I thought their defense was a, a little sloppy in that first half. And um, you know, their, their thing is they're, they're trying to stay out of rotation and, and really preventing the driving kicks from the Clippers. That's kind of the way that they can prevent all those threes and, and just those open weak side drives that the Clippers have been getting. And, um, so I, I think they got to tighten up the screws defensively. Um, I think offensively, I thought they were getting good shots for the most part. I, I thought they missed a, a lot of open shots. I, I think they do probably get back to some more Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton pick and roll, as you mentioned earlier. Not really getting Ayton involved when I, I think going against a smaller lineup uh, because Ty Lue is not going to play DeMarcus Cousins against DeAndre Ayton. We, we've seen that. that you know, DeAndre Ayton dominated him in the first couple matchups. So, they're just going small against Aiton. If you're going small against Aiton, that's got to be pounding the offensive glass and finding ways to get him involved more inside. So uh, I think all things considered, like the, the Suns aren't in that bad of a spot for how much momentum the Clippers had, how well they shot the ball in that first half. You know, if, if you're the Clippers, you probably should be up more. You should have something like a 15-point lead right now. Um, so I, I do think the Suns are in a decent spot, and, and I, I think this is going to be a game that goes down to the wire. Jovan, I appreciate you doing this. I know it's kind of tight here in between the half, and you're doing a lot of stuff for the Athletics. So thank you for taking some time and kind of checking in with us here in L.A. Yes, sir, man. Anytime. All right, buddy. That's Jovan Buhar right there at the Athletic. Um, is it kind of is it just me or is it kind of weird where we went from cheering so hard against Chris Paul at one point, now we're cheering for him, and it was just three weeks ago when Lakers were still in the playoffs or a month. Was it three weeks ago? About three weeks ago or so. And now all of a sudden uh, – Chris Paul is becoming our favorite player. So 59-52, Clippers over the Phoenix Suns, um, and we'll keep you guys uh, posted uh, on that. Um, We put up this poll. This was on, I want to say Friday. Um, We did it on on the ESPN Los Angeles account. And we're asking Laker fans, who are you rooting for now in the playoffs? And it's, you know, obviously Suns, Clippers, Bucks, Hawks. So only four options that you have. And... You know, it's kind of crazy. I, I guess I didn't realize this, but maybe because 
um, Suns are playing the Clippers. 45% of Laker fans want to see the Suns win the championship. So 28% went, 30, 29% went to the Bucks, 16% went to the Hawks, and then the Clippers, 9%. So uh, just kind of shows you where everybody's, I don't know if allegiance is the right word, but uh, most Laker fans want to see the Suns win. Okay, um, keep you posted on the score there, but I want to kind of start getting into some other topics here. Um, there's a conversation that I wanted to have last week, and I didn't get a chance to. We, uh, we ended up talking... Um, there was some great talk. It was coming off that Ty Lue conversation of thinking Laker fans are going to root for the Clippers. Okay, you can imagine how much of the conversation that took. But one of the things I wanted to spend some time on was asking Laker fans, this is a tricky one. I don't want to make it so you know black and white, of so dry to say, hey, do you want to see Kuzma back on this Lakers team next season? But I guess the question that I'll throw out there is, Kuzma the right fit for this Lakers team? Is he the right fit? Um, The Lakers are in this very, very tight window of trying to win a championship, another championship. You know, they obviously won one nine months ago, ten months ago, whenever it was. And now this upcoming year, you know, things become, let's just put it this way. If we want to give the Lakers a free pass for this past season because of the injuries, because of the short turnaround, because you just won an NBA championship. It's fair. But this upcoming season, you're going to have such incredible competition. I could name four teams right off the top of my head that are going to be expected to win a championship next year. When I say expected as if, if you don't win a championship, it does not matter what you accomplish. And I bring that up because every piece is going to be so critical for the Lakers. I've been getting a chance, you know, as we watch through this playoff run, you see guys like Mikhail Bridges, even Luke Kennard, Batum, Marcus Morris, uh, Kevin Herter of the Atlanta Hawks. There's certain players that we're watching, maybe in that last round watching Michael Porter Jr. There's certain players that they're not your first best player. They're not your second best player. They're kind of further down the line. And we have kind of always envisioned Kuzma was going to be that type of player for the Lakers. And I think in certain aspects it's panned out, in other aspects it hasn't. So I bring up the question to Laker fans, do you think Kuzma is still a good fit to be a part of a championship team next year specifically? I'm not thinking three, four years down the line. I know Kyle Kuzma has a ton of talent, and you know if he was on a different team, he'd average 20 points a game, but that team probably is not going to make much noise in the playoffs or even make it to the playoffs. For the Lakers' predicament, this window, LBJ, Anthony Davis, LeBron going into his 19th season, do you still think Kuzma's a fit? We'll throw out that question. 877-710-ESPN. A lot more that I want to get into. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I want to throw this out to Laker fans, so we did it right before the break. Um, Kyle Kuzma. You still have confidence that Kuzma is a good fit on this Lakers team. Do you still have confidence that 
this is a player that you want to have on your roster for another championship run coming up this uh, this season. Which I listen, I know we got some time, um, but these are the type of things that I think are fair questions to ask. So if you want to weigh in on Kuzma, eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Honestly, I, I'd be also very curious to to have people call in that want to see Kuzma stay. Because I, I have a feeling there's going to be people that say, no, I don't know if Kuzma's the right fit. I don't know if um, you know he's not productive enough. Here's a perfect example. Let me give my case. I don't think Kuzma's a bad player. I, I really actually think I, I've made this point a lot during the season. The point that I'd make during the season was I feel like Kuz is trying to make the right plays. I feel like Kuz went from a, a player that was trying to get his own a couple years ago to a guy that really bought into a, hey, whatever the hell you guys need me to do on this championship team, um, I want to try to win championships. And he was rewarded for that. You know, that that three-year, uh, $39 million deal, $13 million a year for uh, Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think that's a very fair contract for Kuz in today's NBA. When I say fair, this is what I mean. His numbers did not back up that contract, but his numbers are on a championship team. So they'd be inflated if he was playing for the Pelicans like Ingram is. They'd be inflated if he's playing, um, you know, for the Orlando Magic or the Chicago Bulls. I'm just naming off teams that didn't make the playoffs or you don't think that has that much talent. Um, so I, I think with the Lakers, it, it's it's tough for Kuz to be Kyle Kuzma on this Lakers team. He's act, asked to, to have a specific role. But I think even with that, my my hesitation with Kuz is I don't know how much I've seen this guy progress over the last year or so. There are certain areas of his game that you, you look at and you say, okay, you know what, he's much more aggressive on the defensive side. Great. Or you know what, you're going to have a game where he's got 10 rebounds, he's getting to the glass, um, you know, he's crashing the boards, he's trying to do the little things. I, I always looked at, and this is not a good comp, but I'm, I'm just give you an example. There were Laker role players back in the day. Again, this is not a good comp, so I'm not making the comparison here. But a guy like Robert Ory, right? Robert Ory was a player that could um, he could spread the floor. He could hit big-time shots, love those moments. He was clutch. Um, Robert Ory, you just kind of knew what you were going to get every single night. Derek Fisher is one of those players that you can kind of count on if Shaq got double teamed, throw it out to D. Fish. Let him take a, a 22-footer. It, back in the uh, Kobe Powell days, remember that series against Orlando, that critical, I want to say, what was it, game four in Orlando? Those critical threes that Derek Fisher hit, one I think put the game in overtime, the other one to win it in overtime. Um, there were role players that you can depend on. And I think for Kyle Kuzma... I don't think that that's going to happen with the Lakers. At least I don't have that confidence that Kyle Kuzma is going to be one of those role players for the Lakers that you can kind of sit back and say, I know when push comes to shove, he's going to have you know these games every other game where he can give you 15 to 18 points on a consistent basis. He could be there for you. He can hit big shots. That's my hesitation with Kyle Kuzma. And, you know, there there's this conversation. We, we could have this conversation as the show progresses. There's this conversation about this Lakers window. Well, how how big is this window for the Lakers? How long can they compete for an NBA championship? How long can LeBron James still be the best player in the NBA? LeBron's going to be coming upon his 19th season in the NBA. Next season that he plays will be the 19th season, of course. I've said this 58 times. Add three more seasons on top of that because of all the playoff games that he's played. Um, 
there's kind of no screwing around anymore with this Lakers roster. You know, there's no, well, let's look three, four years down the road. In my opinion, I don't know if the Lakers can accomplish both, where they're concerned about their future long-term, and then in the near future, they're still competing for a championship. I mean, Lakers are going to compete for a championship no matter what, but I'm not as comfortable walking into next season with the same roster as maybe somebody else would be. Let me take a few phone calls on this. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Frank and Downey. Frank, appreciate you calling in. You're on Lakers Talk. What's going on, Frank? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on. Um, listen, I just kind of want to touch base on first. The stench of Kuzma, like COVID, has to go. It's already been long enough. Um, honestly, you know, at the point that you brought up about him being on another team, like an Orlando or something like that, you know, his stats will be padded even more because he's the primary. But the flip side of the coin is he plays with two players who command great attention to their to every single time they touch the ball ad and lebron and obviously being the third option you should be a consistent 15 to 20 point guy with however many rebounds he was averaging and everything else i mean he, he just wasn't consistent and they get so much attention whether you know the coaches are scheming against these other players, no one, and obviously no one's going to scheme against Kuzma, mm-hmm. but he should have had he the opportunity yeah, he to have thrived. some kind of all-star consideration with those kind of numbers because he should have shined. He well, should here, have shined. Just here, here's the thing, Frank, and I appreciate you calling in. Even if it's not, you know, I, I'm not expecting him. There was a point maybe where I thought, okay, Kuz can get you 17 to 18 a night, 16 to 18 a night. There was a there was a point that I thought that was a case. Um, when you say LeBron and Anthony Davis take so much attention, you're right. He should have thrived. There should have been opportunities for him where that moment of, man, all I really got to do is sit out here on the perimeter, take open jumpers, cut when it's the smart thing to do, and and finish around the basket. And if I could do that on a consistent basis, I'm going to be playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis for the next five years, right? That's kind of the, the thought process and the idea. But from my own standpoint, I think you watched it enough on a night-in, night-out basis where you didn't feel like that was going to be the case. And I'll say this because I really do believe this. I do think Kuzma, in a different predicament, a different situation where the attention is more for him, I feel like he's doing the right thing. He's trying to do the right thing for the Lakers. He's bought into the fact that, hey, in order for us to win an NBA championship, I have to listen to what Vogel's telling me. I have to listen to what AD's telling me. I have to listen to what LeBron's telling me last year, what Rondo was telling me. And I have to play a specific role for this team. So that part's not the issue. I think he's done that part. But his consistency, his... Um, yes, I think I could deliver on a consistent basis, on a night-in-night-out basis. Uh, I, I had not, I have not seen that from him. And, you know, obviously that's the unfortunate thing with Kuz because every single, you know, week we would talk about Kuz and it's like, I think he's going to step up now. Or he has one of those games and then he doesn't have it for three or four. That was the unfortunate part. Let's go to another call here. Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, Alan. Yeah, I've been chomping at the bit here, man. As usual, you and I are tracking, man. You're like the like my brother from another mother because <laughs> I was thinking of Robert Ory myself. Mm-hmm. And what, what was nice about Robert Ory is he came through when you needed that shot. I cannot tell you how many times last season. Kuzma for three, no good. You know? So get, uh, if you're going to keep Kuzma, the dude better score, or I'm sorry, I don't want him. Get me a Kyle Kuzma-type player 
that can rebound, that can play good defense, but he can score. And it's not just Kuzma's fault. That's the whole Laker problem from last year. Great defensively. Sometimes that team couldn't score a basket if their life depended on it. That well, has so, to stop. Solman, and, and, yeah. and before I get into a solution that I think would be right for the Lakers at this point or where they are, you also wanted to chime in on not giving the Clippers any credit. Tell me your point on that one. You know, it's not completely. It's a little mixed bag. If you look at it from a Laker viewpoint, a Laker standpoint, I'm sorry, what have you done? <laughs> You've done mm-hmm. nothing yet. You haven't even got a Western Conference trophy, which the Lakers lock up in the broom closet somewhere. But I will give them credit that they're, they're fighters. They, they, they did do that. They, you know, they, they made history coming back from two down twice in, in the playoffs. No team has done that. And if they turn this around, they'll be in that 5% of teams that can come back from 3-1. So, but until you do that, again, same old story, same old Clippers. Solomon, appreciate you calling in. Thank you, bud. Um, you know, I, I, actually, it's kind of funny because with the Clippers, 71-62 right now, six minutes left in the third quarter. Um, it's funny with the Clippers. And when you say they were down 0-2 on two different occasions and you give them credit for that, that's, I actually don't give them credit for that. Um, I don't give them credit for losing the first two games against the Dallas Mavericks at Staples Center. And then I don't give them credit for falling 0-2 to the Utah Jazz when Mike Conley wasn't there. Um, I don't give them credit for that. Where I give them credit, and this is where I say it's kind of impressive where they're sitting, the moment Kawhi Leonard got hurt and the question started um, the question started coming of, hey, he might not be able to go for that rest of that Utah Jazz series, and they got out of that round? That's freaking impressive to me. And then here they are against the Phoenix Suns. Series is 3-1 Phoenix. It shouldn't be 3-1. Clippers have played good enough to at least have won two games in this series, but you got to close again, top NBA stories. I'll talk about Paul George and what I've kind of learned from him through this playoff run. And really it's about, you don't have a closer if you're the Clippers, uh, but that's why I'd give them credit. Um, okay. Let's do this. We're going to take some more phone calls when we come back. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. I know we got a, a lot of people that want to hit on this Kyle Kuzma a conversation. Very simple. Can Kuz, still be a part of this championship run for the Lakers? Is it is he the right player to have on this roster, or should the Lakers go out and try and get uh, some type of vet that's been in the league for 10 years, something along those lines, which is where I would lean. If you ask me right now, um, I, I think there's something about last year's championship having all that experience on this roster, and I think there were times we lacked some of it, uh, but really you can't ultimately tell because Anthony Davis, if AD got injured in the bubble and in the set, in the first round, Lakers are not winning a championship. So it's really tough to kind of, um, I guess you could say, gauge what the Lakers did and they didn't do over the last two years. But we'll continue to have that conversation. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, the uh, Clippers up on the Sun, 79-67. to How come every time I turn to look at the score here? Clippers, I don't think, have trailed this entire game. They came out in the first quarter, put up 36 points. Phoenix kind of climbed their way back. Every time they get it to four, Clippers go on some kind of a 6-0, run, something along those lines. So my Phoenix Suns are not uh, they're not coming through so far. Keep you posted on that game. By the way, Giants-Dodgers, another big game here in L.A. Dodgers up 2 nothing. End of the second inning, so third inning uh, about to start. All right, let's t- uh, let's take some phone calls. So the conversation we're talking about, Kyle Kuzma, can Kuz still be part of this championship mix? Is Kuz on this roster, do you still think a benefit 
Um, or do you think that's a player that uh, you should try to look what kind of um, what kind of player you can get? Maybe I, I would say what kind of vet that you can get. So let's take some phone calls here. Let's go to uh, Roberto in Riverside. Roberto, appreciate you calling in. What's going on, Roberto? Hey, thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate you. Um, I, to answer your question, of course, I think he could be a part of the team, but we have to lower our expectations of, of Kuzma and just accept who he is. I mean, he was a late round or early second round, I forget. And he his first his rookie year was in 2017 for a really bad 26-win Lakers. And then I, I forget his points per game, but everyone thought he was going to be a superstar, and he's not. And everyone wants him to be our number three, but if you look at other – Good teams, number three, like the Nets, number three is a superstar. The Bucks is like Drew Holiday. You know, the the Sixers have Tobias Harris could be considered number three. I mean, he can't be our number three, and we definitely don't pay him like a number three with 13 million a year. So lower his expectations. He'd be a great fit for our team next year. Appreciate you calling in, Roberto. I, I, th- this is this is the issue I have with lowering the expectations. Um, you need that spot to be productive. You need him to be more productive. You need a player to play like the Kyle Kuzma that we need him to be. So that's my issue with saying lower the. I've already lowered my expectations because if you're a, if you're listen, Kyle Kuzma plays for the Lakers. He represents the purple and gold. He was drafted by the Lakers late in the first round. He has an NBA championship with the Lake Show. He's had some good moments. We're all a fan of Kyle Kuzma, but. Yes, my expectations have been lowered on him, not because I created those expectations, because he's tried to kind of fill himself into a championship roster and understands, okay, the days of me going out and dropping 16 or 17 or 18 on a night in, night out basis, that's not going to happen. I got to be better on defense. I got to cut to the basket. I got to hit open shots when I get the opportunity. I got to crash the glass. He's doing all those things. Here's my problem. My problem is when you say, well, you're just paying him $13 million a year, so you don't have to worry about him. Um... You know, you're not paying him enough for him to be your third best player. I agree with that in the sense that those other teams that you talked about, third best player, LeBron and AD are such superstars that most teams most teams don't have that to begin with. So there's going to be a big drop off to your third, fourth, and fifth best player. Um, but the question becomes this: Then, if we got to lower our expectations for Kyle Kuzma, then are we better off with some type of a veteran? that's been in the league for 10 years, 11 years, something along those lines, who can come in and have a more immediate impact for the short term. I'm not talking long term here. You know, this is one of the things that makes Rob Palenka's job so difficult. When When you have a championship roster now, LeBron in his 19th season, but you're also juggling the future. Okay, well, you know Anthony Davis, this guy's 27, 28 years old. You're juggling what life after LeBron James, when his career ends, what that's going to look like. What I would say is this, thinking of the long term right now, to me, is not that important. Uh, Lakers going all in on next season, to me, is more important than what, what's going to happen three or four years from now. That That's, to be completely honest, I have more concern over next year and the following year, the final two years of LeBron James, than I do with three, four, five years from now, because I think you'll be able to retool in different ways. Everybody retools. In the NBA, uh, this, is, this is actually a great transition. Here. I'm, I'll take a few more of these calls. Every team retools based upon the organization, based upon the brand, based upon the market. All right, Portland has to retool a different way than the Lakers do. Phoenix has to retool a different way than the Lakers do. 
the Lakers have the ability to when you think there's nothing happening, boom, in one summer, everything can change, and all of a sudden you're back in contention. We saw that happen when LeBron James came. We've seen that happen when they made the Pau Gasol trade. We've seen that happen when Shaquille O'Neal signed a free agency. That doesn't happen often with most teams in the NBA. That's not the route. that Only a few teams have that much power. Lakers are one of those teams. So it's tough for me to say, well, let's just lower our expectations for Kyle Kuzma. Well, what if it affects our chances to go win an NBA championship next season and the year after, but specifically next year? LeBron will be in his 19th championship. That's why I hesitate when I hear that. Uh, let's go to Sarkis in Pasadena. Sarkis, appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Enjoy the Good. show. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think it's time for Kuz to go. He uh, He's had his opportunity. Um, it's just his effort's not there. We've seen elements where he looks really good, and then and, and our hopes get up, but he just seems to fall short every time. And, and every year from now until LeBron's on the team, it's a championship run no matter what. And we need players that are going to play and put in the effort. Sarkis, I appreciate you calling in. Um, you're 100% right that every year from now is a uh, championship run. Um, every year from now is a championship run. And I think for the Lakers right now, you know, the biggest thing is the biggest thing is um, you got to take these next specifically this upcoming year as this is the final year of your run with LeBron. You have to treat it that way. And I'm not saying it is. I'm, I'm not, you know, telling you that next season is the last chance the Lakers have to win an NBA championship. But what I'm telling you is every single year you have to treat it that way. When you're coming up on your 17th season in the NBA, your 18th season in the NBA, your 19th season in the NBA, what do we? What can you really expect? What, what I, I tell you this: the last two years, my expectations on LeBron James. I have sat here on a microphone and I've had the opportunity to talk about how I think Anthony Davis is going to take his game to the next level. And AD, I'd love to see him running for MVP and all the conversation about MVP. Let LeBron be a little bit more strategic, playoff start, and LBJ does what he does. That has not been the case. LeBron was the best player in the world last season. LeBron is the best player, was the best player in the world, in my opinion, before he got injured against the Atlanta Hawks, Solomon Hill, this season. You can make a case Joel Embiid was having a great season. Jokic ended up winning the MVP. Um, what he's done has been unbelievable to sustain greatness for this long. I don't know if that changes by the time next season comes or the following year. So that's always been kind of my mentality about this Lakers team is when LeBron's on your roster, every year you got to go all in. Every single year you got to go all in. You know, this year, Lakers had an opportunity, and this year just never seemed to be the year for the Lakers. Just never did. From start to finish, every time the Lakers started getting rolling, something would stop. But I'm going to use the trade deadline as an example. Trade deadline, Lakers happened up, had an opportunity to go get Kyle Lowry. They didn't do it. And, you know, frankly, to be honest with you, because of the way this season played out and the Lakers were beat up the entire time, um, it was the smart move not to go do it, right? Just things never clicked this year. But I'll tell you, if they're in an opportunity, if they're in a predicament this upcoming season and you got a chance to go get a vet to go help you win a championship right now and it affects your future down the road, three, four years down the road, I think you do it. And I don't think you make any hesitations this upcoming summer to try and – 
um, improve your roster however you think you need to improve your roster to try to win today. Worry less about tomorrow. Let me take another quick call here. Eric in L.A. Eric, thank you for calling in. What's going on, Eric? Uh, Yeah, I want to touch on the whole Lakers window thing, but first of all, with Kuz, you know, it's funny when you look at the trajectory of his career because you sort of kind of peaked summer league and slowly regressed from there. You know, went from the number one, two option on the Los Angeles Lakers to a glorified role player, you know. <laughs> but I will say this. I'll give him credit for not really complaining and doing whatever it took to, to remain on the team. I mean, part of it is because you couldn't agree. The By the way, c- couldn't agree more. Like, I, I really couldn't. And I've tried to go out of my way to compliment him for that. But keep, keep giving your point. Yeah, well, I think he – a little Hollywood got into him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's Hollywood cool for a reason. His teammates call him that, you know. But he has turned himself into a, a really good wing defender. Those are hard to find. If you can shoot like 37 to 40% from the three-point line to go along with that defense, he has a place in this league. Not only that, he has a place on this team. Those are valuable guys. But the fact is he's inconsistent. Like, ever since his rookie year, he's been very inconsistent with his outside shooting. In fact, I think he's regressed. You look at the numbers. Um, real quick about the window. Now, look, if you can trade Kuz for another player, like let's say a Lillard or a Beetle, I will be the first to pack his bags. Okay. Um, the window really hinges on AD. If he, if he can remain healthy, if the motivation is there, then, then our window is about three, five years. But the, the key is once LeBron retires, you have to pair this guy with someone like a Damian Lillard. Or sure. Bradley Beal. Sure. No, you know? and, 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 and our window pieces. And Eric, and there's, uh, let, let me tell you, and I appreciate you calling in. You're, there's no solution. Nothing's going to happen. You know, I'll talk about Damian Lillard a little bit later about some of that conversation about, all right, maybe he's not happy in Portland. Is that something for the Lakers? I don't think it is. And I think I have many reasons why. Kuz isn't going to land you a player like that. There's no, trust me, if, we're having the conversation about Kuz not coming through and needing exactly what the Lakers need. Where you're going to trade Kuz, it's going to be to a team that is not competing for a championship. They're trying to just go young, and they'll kind of work with him and develop him. And in return, you might just get a veteran that's been in the league for 10, 12 years, but you could depend on more to do some of the things that Kuz has not been able to do. So that's what I'm referring to about that. Um, all right, do I got time for one more call? All right, one, one more call. Final call here, Andrew in Huntington Beach before I get into my top NBA stories. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, I honestly just want to get rid of Kuzma. It's uh, not, not a knock on him as a player. You know, he's just too young. We, we don't, we're, like, we're not really worried about what he can be. We've seen time and time again young players show – what they can be, you know, their potential. But with LeBron being as old as he is, we're only worried about what you are right now. You know, we need players right now that can contribute, and it's just not consistent enough, just not as his age right now. Yeah, I, I, Andrew, I, I'm going to lean towards where you are. Stack as many chips as you can to help you win today. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, Lakers are, you know, in that position. It, it's different when they – you know, we're drafting all the young players. You don't want to get rid of any of these guys. Develop them. Do as much as you can. Okay, if you can't go out and make a big trade, maybe you just keep trying working on them. LBJ came. Everything changed. The game plan changed. We'll see what happens with Polenka. We'll see what happens this offseason. Uh, but I think that's going to be kind of a continuing conversation and a dialogue when it comes to Kyle Kuzma. Top NBA stories coming up next. I'll give an update on this Clippers-Phoenix Suns game. Actually, let me just give it right now. It's 91 78 Clippers up 13, end of the third quarter. What is going on here? 
This is in Phoenix. Phoenix, a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Uh, they're down 13 going into the fourth quarter. Dodgers up 2-1 uh, to one on the Giants. That's bottom of the third. Top NBA stories coming up next. Thank you for tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.